The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with caller interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa, a podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. And my name is Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show is Stroke of Luck or Stroke Risk, Panic Intuition and the Heart-Brain Problems. Often it is very hard to tell the difference between an intuitive warning signal and our tendency toward panic and anxiety. People with anxiety and panic often have this, people with panic and anxiety both often have an increased risk toward stroke and other health problems. I did not know this until I looked it up, but I can tell you why. It's weird. Um, be like, oh my God, I'm intuitive. So now I have to worry about a stroke. I'll tell you why. If you're anxious, you're more likely to have strokes and heart problems. I'll explain why. However, you need to know that if you don't respond to intuition or what they call stress, you're more likely to have health problems, heart disease, or stroke. So I'm going to show you today how to handle emotion and intuition so you're less likely to have these kinds of health problems. Now, remember, this is Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa. We're taking your calls toll-free. Well, actually, it's not toll-free. 207-846-6475. 207-846-6475. Want a private reading? However, if you don't want to go in front of everybody, go to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com, or call 207-846-6475. But remember, subscribe to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa Podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, this forum is educational only and not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. And remember, please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. If you are in an emergency right now, back away from the Zoom, go right to the emergency room, the nearest emergency room, and do not hesitate. So also, if you want to learn about how to do medical intuition, I have a seven-day class once a year in July, seven-day class in person on my property, www.drmonalisa.com. And if you want to learn individualized how to do medical intuition, I have an individualized class. You could be on the phone with me learning medical intuition individualized. Go to www.drmonalisa.com and you'll find out how to do that. So today's show is very interesting. Why would 
anxiety and intuition and brain disorders have a connection? Well, years ago, there was a whole bunch of people. Years ago, there were a whole bunch of people who were concerned about taking ephedra, which was an herb, a stimulant, a Chinese herbal stimulant for attention, for losing weight, and actually for allergies. But then they took it off the market, even though they'd used it in China for millions of years. Then, of course, they had a medicine called fenfen, which is very similar. It was a stimulant, and it caused some problems, and they took it off the market. And then, of course, there are phenylephrine. There is well, a supplement very similar to it, Sudafed, that people can use for allergies, congestion, and people can abuse it. So, you know, you got to go see the pharmacist and they lock it, lock it up in a drawer. All of these things can cause heart palpitations or panic. So can coffee, chocolate, green tea, go to cola. What's important to know, so can hydroxychloroquine, which is all the hubbub around using it for COVID. So can Wellbutrin, and Wellbutrin for susceptible people can increase your blood pressure, which is related to stroke or an arrhythmia, which is related to a heart problem. So can Adderall or Ritalin. And if you take high enough dosages of Adderall or Ritalin, you can get cardiomyopathy or an enlarged heart. What does ephedra, fenfen, hydroxy, well, not, we'll leave that alone. Adderall, Ritalin, what do all these things have in common? They're stimulants. I had somebody in my class, we talked about peanut allergies. And I asked her, she had an EpiPen. And in an EpiPen is epinephrine. And she said she was allergic to it. And I said, but in your brain and body, you have epinephrine, which is related to ephedra, fenfen, Sudafed, Adderall, Ritalin, coffee, chocolate, green tea, go to cola. Because we all have in our brain and our adrenal gland, that's why they call it adrenaline, adrenal gland, a nerve tissue that produces epinephrine. We also have in our brainstem, locus ceruleus produces norepinephrine. So when the woman told me that she was allergic to EpiPen, I know she was sensitized sensitive to a release of it or excess amounts of it, which is panic, which means she can't take too much stimulant and that she's very porous or sensitive. This means that people who are anxious or sensitive, when their blood pressure goes up, of course, it makes sense that they be more sensitive to strokes, of course, and heart problems and rhythm problems. Why wouldn't they? Which is why they have warnings about people with blood pressure and stroke. Because all of those things can increase your heart rate. People have been known to be extremely upset, worried about the loved one. There was, there was a recent shooting and the wife died in the shooting. And the guy found out about it, had a heart attack and died because he was intuitively connected to his wife who died. That is 
the anatomy of heartache, Takiyabu cardiomyopathy, which is a mouthful for saying he was intuitively keyed into her. And the panic, the sheer panic, caused him to have a heart attack, which is the same thing as a brain attack, which is a stroke. That anatomy of a heartache is associated with extreme anxiety and stress. So, is it the intuition that causes you to have the stroke or the heart attack? It's the connection to another human being that you care about. It's the human experience. There are people who do mindfulness. There are people who go on a mat. There was a lady today on the Today Show that she does yoga, but it was fascinating. She comes down with lupus. Gotta love it. So then she couldn't do the yoga anymore because she got achy, blah, 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 blah. Because no matter how much she stretched, did all this stuff on the yoga mat, something was bothering her. She even said it. Then she went back to her yoga and she got better. And then she said for a while there, she had a relapse because it was a stress in her life. And then she had to address it. And then she was able to work with her yoga again. You can't run away from intuition. You can't run away from anxiety. They're an important part of what makes us human. Unless, of course, you're a narcissist, which means you have trouble with divided emotional tension, meaning this is my dance space. This is someone else's dance space. You don't dance with anybody. You dance alone because you're in your own world. It's important to be aware well what is that song by Barbara Streisand um, people who need people are the luckiest people a stroke of luck people who need people we are intuitively keyed into people that is luck if we weren't, we would be pseudo-Asperger's or autistic. We'd be narcissistic. We'd have trouble with divided emotional attention. We have to be able to manage our the intuitive interface, the caring, the anxiety that occurs when someone suffers, or the false alarms like a car alarm going off, which is panic which is a neurological disorder where, you know, you, somebody just touches your car and the alarm goes off, beep, beep, beep. And you're like, can someone put that car down? Stop the damn car alarm. It's just a little bit loose. And we have trouble with that. Some people have brain disorders, epilepsy, and the first sign is panic. I have epilepsy. All of a sudden, I just, all of a sudden I'll sit up in an office. I used to work with Chris North on her book, Women's Bias, Women's Wisdom. I sit up and I go, Something bad's going to happen to someone. Now, that's all very lovely. She would say, who? I'm like, oh. <laughs> well, the world's got a lot of people. And it's someone somewhere. <laughs> Is that helpful? No. Because the amygdala, the area in the temporal lobe, just close to where my seizures probably are, when it spikes, I get a feeling of dread and I get a feeling something bad's going to happen. What are you going to do about that? It's non-localizable. The same, it's very similar to panic. What you do is, for me, you take your medicines and then you have to do um, mindfulness or DBT and say, I first of all, it's a chemical. It's a chemical. And if it is associated with intuition, I know they have a higher power and I ain't it. Somewhere, someone's having <laughs> is in danger, but I got the email and it's not like I can do anything about it. I can pray for them because the area for intuition is very close to the area for mysticism or the divine. They've done studies where in OR, someone is partially anesthetized and when they stimulate it electronically, the person says, "I, we are all one, I can feel the divine. So that 
you have to be careful. And if you are very intuitively and porous and prone to panic, you can't do any of these stimulants because they are biochemistry of panic. You have to avoid go to cola or green tea. Go to cola is for attention. If you have problems with attention, you have to do be very, very mindful and take tiny, tiny amounts. But understand that there are other stimulants in one's life. Summer, love, change. Some people who are anxious or panicky have trouble with change. So they become change phobic and they keep everything the same and they become obsessive compulsive. Not good because if you don't learn to change, you don't learn to grow and that's pro-dementia. Pain can be anxiety provoking, but pain can be, this pain releases epinephrine and it adrenalates us. Danger is anxiety provoking, but danger is, it's supposed to make us anxious. But intuition for someone else's pain, intuition for someone else's life changing, intuition for sex, love, and of course, rock and roll. <laughs> there are things in life that we need to be exciting. I have a kitten now. I had a cat who died. It was very upsetting. I howled. Then I got this kitten, Minnie Pearl. Oh my God, she's all over the place, which is like being on, I don't know, 90 million milligrams of cocaine. What do you have for breakfast? Cocaine. What do you have for lunch? Cocaine. The thing is, is that yesterday, it's like you can't be rigid. You have to accept change. And it's anxiety provoking. Yesterday, she I filled up a whole bottle of ink. She dumped it all over an Indian rug. Right three minutes before reading. So I worked it into the information for the reading. I apologize for being late. And such is the spice of life. What am I supposed to say? I'm not going to have a kitten. My things in my life are too good. We can't handle that. Oh, my God. Let's be elderly. Let's avoid kittens. Kids. Keep the windows hermetically closed. Yesterday, I saw a bird fly toward the window, and I was terrified for the bird. Let's avoid life, because life in itself is innately dangerous and anxiety-provoking. I was even afraid for the, the, um, the bird. And then there's electricity, electronics. You never know if they're going to work. So let's just avoid doing Facebook Live, Zooms, or anything like that, because you just never know. And that's anxiety provoking. You could live in a cave, put the lights out, and that you can be sure of, you'll be in the dark. You can't do that. Life in itself is anxiety provoking. And it involves being connected with other people. You never know what they're going to do. And I'm a neuropsychiatrist. I've studied the brain. I'm a medical intuitive. I still don't know what the hell's people going to do a lot of times. Who does? Because you can't predict what someone else is going to do. As soon as you think they are, they change their mind. Because somebody, they're, that's why we're anxious. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and we're talking about the connection between intuition, anxiety, panic, and heart-brain disorders. If you want to know more about the solution to today's show, you want to go to my book, All Is Well, Heal Your Mind, Awakening Intuition of the New Feminine Brain. Let me, I turned off. I unplugged the phone, so it, it is now available for free mini readings, 207-846-6475, 207-846-6475, and I have unmuted, well, you're now able to raise your hands. We will go to Dawn. How can I be of help, Dawn? Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. I 
just want to say thank you for this. This has been incredibly enlightening. Also, I am an intuitive, and I, I mean, I have big intuition skills, but I also have a bit of anxiety, and I remember asking you a few minutes ago on the Facebook channel, I speak tangentially. And oh, also- wait, wait, hold on. Can you just turn your volume down? Yes. My cerebellum is about to go into the brainstem. <laughs> okay. I don't know oh. what happened. <laughs> oh, my God. It's Thank better. You. No, it's uh, way, way, unless, unless it's just me. I think the ink put me right over the edge. Anyway. Okay. So, so, uh, so you're saying if we're highly intuitive, we can be very, um, uh, we can be very, what, reactive to this adrenaline? What, because okay. sometimes no, no, I, no, 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 no. First no. of all, okay. staying in your lane. <laughs> you may work in the field of intuition, but the fact that you speak tangentially, hmm is a whole nother other kettle of fish. Draw a circle and draw a horizontal line through it. Okay? Okay. Below the line is the limbic system, the area that's primarily for emotion and intuition and spirituality. Okay? Whatever you Mm -hmm. did, it helped well. It's still, I don't know what it is, but. I'll get my cerebellum back after the show. (laughs) Okay. And above the temporal lobe is, this is a quick and dirty brain, so don't publish this. Above it is the frontal lobe. For this intensive purposes, we're ignoring the occipital and the parietal, blah, blah, blah. So above it is the frontal lobe, and it is important for censoring Organizing, planning, planning, and monitoring. So before we do something, say something, okay? So imagine that if I gave you a list of words, and this is called the California Verbal Learning Test, okay? They give you 12 words to remember. that you repeat them back to me, there's a way, there are strategies the frontal lobe does to remember them. They're kind of like when you go into a supermarket, you have a plan, you have a list, and you think, okay, we're going to hit the meat aisle first, or if I'm vegan, I don't even need to go near that area. And then we're going to do the vegetable or the dairy last because that's cold and I don't want that getting warm. So you organize it and plan it and strategize it. Someone who speaks tangentially can't do that. And the reason why they can't is they have problems with scratch board. It's like holding memory in their mind. It's like They can't do that. They can't keep a series of words or digits in their mind at one time. They have to, they just go stream of consciousness. One word goes to another, goes to another, goes to another. And in fact, if you give them four or more or five or six words, the first or second word is forgotten. That's how you go tangentially because you don't have an organized or plan in front of you. One word leads to another, leads to another. And maybe you'll eventually get back to where you were supposed to, but not necessarily. So some people who are ill-informed, but well-meaning might go, oh, you're just a right brain and you're all over the place. Uh, Wrong. It means that you have difficulty or perhaps have difficulty with the frontal lobe organization and planning and monitoring of your thoughts. And chances are you've always had difficulty doing that. And so that's shown up in a variety of areas in your life. 
Does that make sense, Dawn? Yeah. So how would I try to overcome that? Or Okay. That's like saying Leonardo da Vinci is saying, how do I get away from color and start doing technology? Uh, it depends on what you want to do. Someone who's dyslexic, meaning has trouble with words, writing and reading, would not have a problem if they were in a non-literary culture. They would do fine. So what I'm hearing you say, <laughs> that's what people say in therapy. It makes me nauseous. I'm hearing you say that there's some situation in your life that that's not working for you. And so your thought style is not adaptive. So when I look at you, I see a relationship. I see a relationship with someone who's focused, attentive, organized, and somebody else is not muted. And I don't want to mute you by accident. So everybody else, please mute yourself. Otherwise, I lose more cerebellums. <laughs> you have two of them. So I can only have, I got to have at least one or I'm going to fall off the chair. So I see someone in your life who's in a relationship. It, it, it does partnership, but somehow they're kind of an authority. They organize, plans. They like to be in charge when you will say no. And you have a capacity to see someone in their highest potential and put a blind eye to their difficult side. If someone loved you and was in relationship with you, they would have to understand that this is the way your mind works. There's a story called, a song called Love the One You're With. I would rephrase it, love the brain you're with. On the other hand, I would, wouldn't put you in an Eric Severide job. I certainly wouldn't make you, um, I don't know even if they do this anymore, make you do the Dewey Decimal system in a library. I can tell you right now, I'm narcoleptic. I fall asleep. And when I was really, really had problems, after lunch, which everybody feels a little sleepy, I had a job working on the computers in the geology department. And this is when computers read one word after the other. I would fall asleep on my hand, on my elbow, on the keyboard, and it proceeded to erase whole sets of data, moon rock data. Professor Munch <laughs> at Brown. And so I ended up getting fired because I was supposed to be working on data entry for moon rocks and I erased it because oh. I fell asleep. So let's just put it this way. It's not like you, like you say, how can I get around that? I couldn't, there was nothing I could do about it. I couldn't stay awake. So that job was not good for me. Do you get it? Yeah. So it depends on what setting this is, you're trying to fix this. Well, most of it is that I have so many areas of my, my life and my career that I am constantly juggling and doing and no, 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 no. I'm keeping you on focus. Okay. okay. Who is the person in your life that's very focused, very organized? Oh my God. Yes. So See yeah. How you want, no, no, no. See how you wanted to get away from that person and I wouldn't let you. Yeah. Yeah, because I would not. I reeled you in lovingly, yet ever so coolly. You wanted to go into the area of strength, which is work, because you are very good at compensating for your brain style at work. However, you get more tangential and disorganized, emotionally rattled when your temporal lobe when you're emotionally wrought about something. And so there's something about this relationship, you get unguarded or anxious that makes you decompensate because you are compensated. 
you've somehow through plasticity figured out a way to operate in your career. But when you get in a relationship where there's an undercurrent, you lose compensation. So there's something about a relationship with someone who there's some undercurrent, I'm not going to say competition, competition, but there's some lack of acceptance of loving you just the way you are. And you want to be different and it isn't going to work. Yes, you're absolutely right. So, But I don't need to be right. I'm saying because you can't take meds for frontal executive function. You could take meds for ADHD, that kind of attention problem, but tangent, tangent I can't pronounce it, I have a speech impediment. Tangentiality, which is very important, is not inattentiveness. Tangentiality is a frontal lobe problem. And stimulants, Adderall, Ritalin, uh, serotonin agents don't help with frontal executive function. So eh, wrong. And you already know how to compensate. You already have strategies that you use. You even said it. You know how to balance all these things with your other careers. But that doesn't work. In the setting, what is that? Love and War in the Time of Cholera, whatever that title of that book is. Yeah. Once we get into the heat of the night of a relationship, the frontal lobe gets thrown. It's like you throw the uh, gauntlet down and you just lose it. And the thing is, is that everybody should. But if someone I know, I remember having an argument with a friend and they say, instead of say, I, I, that was waiting for an apology. And they said, I make amends. I went, amends, amends. That's how you give an apology. I make amends. That's a frontal lobe statement. Temporal lobe is, I'm sorry. That's a relationship. You have relationships with temporal lobe. The other one they said was, um, you can tell. The, the, the other one, another friend who is a psychologist, she said, this is unacceptable. I said, that's a psychologist word. You're not being a psychologist word with me. If you said, I don't like that, that doesn't work with me. You don't say this is unacceptable. <laughs> what are you, protocoling me? That wasn't received well either. Do you understand what I'm saying? They're intellectualizing. Yeah. If, the, if they are not dealing with you, at the level you can understand. And the other thing is, as a reading, when I do a reading on somebody, I it's not good enough for me to just show, describe what's going on intuitively, clairvoyantly, clairaudiently, clairsentient. We have five senses in the brain. For vision, we intuitive, we have clairvoyant. For hearing, we have clairaudient. For body sense, we have clairsentient. For smell, we have clairsmell. And Taste, we have clear taste. They have these fancy pants words. I'm not going to say it. However, if I can't explain something to someone in the way they can understand it, it doesn't matter how accurate it is. I got to explain it again and explain it again. It doesn't matter how accurate it is. The same thing with a relationship. You deal at the level that the other person understands. You can't talk over them. Otherwise, this is a therapeutic relationship or a parentified relationship, meaning there being a parent with you or there being some kind of professional or they're talking some other kind of language with you. They're supposed to love your, love you the way you are. Now, I'm not saying you should drink yourself silly or be disrespectful, but still, and you know, you try to make sense, but you don't want to um, not love yourself just the way you are, are you? I mean, no. you want to be better, but... There's something about this that's saying I'm not. I, I just want to be able to, you know, be all com completely me and all the time. And I mean, I know. And I tell you, you're, you're fine. Somehow you're functional enough at work. You're intuitive. What does this person do for work? The other person? Yeah. <laughs> I had to say it. Just throw it out there. I already know. Well, 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 they're a photographer, so they see in frames, right? They see in frames, like. There's more to it than that. Yeah. So this, I smell fish. All I'm saying to you is they see in frames. They can well, also see an obsessionality and compulsivity. They need to see it a certain way. 
Probably, yeah. Yeah, and that's too bad. Go, go, um, you know what? That's not the way relationships work. Sometimes somebody doesn't give you the picture you need. So how do I, like, what would you recommend for me? Like, Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. I've worked for five years with a um, speech and language pathologist to change my brain. Not to change my brain, to make my brain work the best it can. However, I have never had a friendship or a relationship that I have had to do what you're asking to do. Everybody knows that that's just Mona Lisa. Yeah. So what you, whatever is going on with you, it's a symptom of a lower malaise, not a higher malaise, a lower malaise. Something wrong here. Mm. Because it doesn't affect you in business. It's specific to this relationship. Yeah. Do you get that? And the brain is the same brain in career as it is in relationship. So my, and again, this is not about personal. This is about me, me, not about. I'm going to say it again. And I'm going to go to the next person. Your brain was compensated in career. This came up to a head in this relationship. Because when I look at your work, it's fine and dandy. But when I look at this relationship, it's not as fine and dandy. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. So Thank you. whatever you want to do, and I see you're willing to change much more than this person is. So that I put a flag on the, t on the play. Yeah. Do you get it? Because why doesn't he try to be more tangential or more fluid? Get rid of some of the frames. And yeah. the answer is nine. Yet, not so much. Yeah. Yes. Yes, Doctor. Yes, Doctor Mona Lisa. I do. Good luck. Don't, uh, you're you're all right. The yeah. kids all right. You take it easy. Have a nice day. Thank you for joining me today. You're a very sweet thing. Okay. Yeah. He's more than just a photographer. We'll go to Kayla. Um, Kayla, how are you? How can I be Good. of help? How are you? How can I be of help? Um, yeah, I've been suffering lately from, um, I guess it would be, um, heartburn maybe. I, it feels like I have like thick, fiery stuff in my throat. Like it hurts pretty bad. Um, sometimes when I burp, I do get a little bit of acid that comes back up. I was wondering if you could tell me what's causing that issue. So how old are you? Um, 33. Is this new? Yes. Um, that is very much connected to brainstem areas connected with epinephrine, with anxiety. Anxiety doesn't just come from our brain to our body and elicit symptoms. Sometimes we have an issue with our body that releases chemistry that goes to our brain and elicits anxiety. So for example, okay. a person can have asthma and not be able to breathe and that can make you anxious. On the other hand, anxiety can induce an asthma attack and make it worse. When I look at you, so you understand that nothing just begins in the body or in the brain. Right. It happens both sides. And so, for example, anxiety is a brain-body problem. Okay. You fucker, get out. When I look at you, I see somebody who's Wow, that was a door slam. Um, in my family, when I heard the door, when I hear a door slam like that, I hear in my head, and stay out. <laughs> when people were arguing in my family, they never yep. said, they never said, I'm angry with you. They would slam the door. Yeah. <laughs> and so the answer to the slam door 
was and stay out <laughs> because they weren't having a communication both sides. One person would slam the door, which is passively aggressive, and the other person <laughs> would be aggressive and go, then stay out. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I know how and that, that is. that said, I know you know how it is because I see you have a one-sided relationship. One person is one up and the other person one down. Yes. And one person is very angry and very territorial. Yeah. And um, you think that part of you thinks that this person's anger will go away and it will work its way out. And that doesn't tend to happen. They did a study of people like this. They were like kangaroos, marsupials. And at the beginning of the, wait for it, mating season, <laughs> they issued that these men, these male kangaroos, or marsupials, they weren't kangaroos, they were another form of marsupial. They were competing for females and territory. So this person that I see is territorial and aggressive. And when they compete with each other, it makes the women anxious. At the, at the end of that season, the, some of the people end up getting problems in the esophagus and the stomach and don't do well. And when they look at that area of their body, they have small inflammation, gastritis, ulcers. So I see someone in your life, a couple of the people, who are territorial, either with work, money, responsibility. And part of you thinks that it's over only over time that it's going to get better. Who is this person? Um, my fiance. Oh. Because, because you can see when I start covering up my face, it's a problem. <laughs> because um, at the end of the mating season, they didn't do well. Um, this person is very competitive and fierce and what's, wants what they want when they want it. Oh, yes. They own, they think they own things. Yep. <laughs> and yeah. the thing is, is relationships are not capitalistic. I don't know why that would be, but I guess what I would want to say is, though our society is capitalistic, it's dog eat dog and competitive. In a relationship, there is not competition for resources. It's shared. Right. 50-50. What's mine is your... No, no. Did you like... Did you use the word should? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's not good. Because it's supposed to be 50-50. What's mine is yours. When you get married, you get married in a bed, a bank, right. and a justice of the peace or church. Bank, bed, justice of the peace of church. But that's not what this person does. It feels like they compete. And what's yours is mine. And what's mine is mine. Yes. And that's not good. And part of you thinks, oh, they'll warm up to it. And what's worse is I don't know if this person really wants to have kids. Um, no, which is another issue. <laughs> right. That's a problem because... At the beginning of this mating thing, that was the whole point of the mating that the women, females, wanted to have children. And they wanted a, a house, a plot of land, and they wanted to get pregnant. Right. But the problem is he gets his, but you don't get yours. Right. So that's, it's not a we. And see how I'm getting a little upset here? Yes. So part of you thinks that he'll warm up to the facts of us shared and children. 
Mm -hmm. And that's not going to happen. You're not buying a um, 1965 Chevy and then expecting it to be a 2019 Volkswagen. Right. A serviceable car. Is that a baby? Somebody's got a baby in this board. Yes, that's with me. <laughs> Is that a baby from another relationship? No, um, I babysit. Oh, you babysit. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so because I said to myself, I don't think this person likes babies. Nor does he have he or she have patience for them. So no, this worries me big time. And you have red hair. You have yes. natural red hair. Is that correct? Yes. That means you're feisty. And your feistiness yes. would not have an outlet with him. So your right. feistiness would go inside, burn, baby, burn, reflux. Do you understand? Yes, it's only I do. For one person's anger, it be him. Run, don't walk to your nearest mental health center because this is not good. Okay. Do you understand? Redheads have a specific temperament. <laughs> it's well known. Yes. <laughs> and this is not good for you because if this is where you're starting, hell hath no fury of a woman who really wants to have children and ends up not having it. And I might add to you, any man who loves a woman will not marry a woman who he knows on some level wants to have children because if that's what she really wants to do, she should do it. And he should not be with her during her child rearing years. Even if she said, that's okay, I'll just not do it. If there's a question, he should say, I love you. I'll back away from the table. Do you understand? Yes. Get help now. Three word reading. Good luck. Thank you. Take it easy. You're a sweet thing. Sweet. Thank you so like much. The red head, the red hair began and hit, began and ended with the red hair. This is not cool. This is anger, ang anger, angry, anger, anxiety is causing this kind of symptom. And it's only going to get worse, Missy. Okay. Good luck. We will go get help for that. Go to a doctor. Get that upper GI or whatever you need to. We will go to Laura. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Unmute, please. Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. <clears throat> Excuse me. We have Thank a you. Very, very little time. How can I be of help? Okay. So... <clears throat> I've been having some like sciatic issue um, <clears throat> on my left hip, <clears throat> excuse me, that <clears throat> I just wondered if you had any um, insight into it. Um, it's getting better, but it, um, it like I, I do get those shocks of numbness and, and they run down to like around my peroneal, <clears throat> excuse me. So that's it. <laughs> Um, how old are you? Uh, 50. Well, you're feeling um, assistance ratio at this time. He just came <laughs> in. He's very mature. Um, in a nutshell, your progesterone levels are going down. Progesterone is an anti-anxiety hormone. There's someone in your life that um, you love, but is doing very poorly in the area of work, vocation, career. And they're very passive about it. They just don't want to work at it anymore. And somehow this anxiety falls on you. You try to talk to them. You try to hint. Be more direct. This isn't the first time this has happened. 
Who is this person? <clears throat> I don't really know. Um, what comes to mind is my transgender, <clears throat> um, I don't know. I, it's my daughter who is transgender. How old, how old are they? Um, 18, just about 18. Um, how long has she been going through this transition? A couple years. Did she graduate from high school yet? Not yet. Are you worried about what she will do for work? I, I, I'm unhappy that um, she hasn't initiated getting a job ever. Ever? Yeah. Ever? Yeah. I don't think she has ever done that. I really wanted that to happen this summer and it didn't. <clears throat> I guess she's I, initiated. I, no, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. I may have egg on my face. Bruce Jenner, very motivated. <laughs> transgender. No, I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> there are many examples of transgender individuals who I can't tell who I'm looking at, um, where, what box it is, somehow it poofed. Um, there are many situations with people who are very motivated and very organized. Um, I'm not saying that the transgender issue doesn't cause problems with first center family and medical intuition, Second center anxiety with money, third center anxiety with work, fourth center anxiety with parents or children, fifth center anxiety in social in general, um, and so on and so on. However, there are people who have had vocations, have vocations. Um, and as our society opens up, and there are certain cities that are more hospitable for it. And in the time of COVID, where many things are online, mm -hmm. um, I know that it may be difficult, but um, one tries. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing you say is, something that I saw, which is the lack of even trying, the motivation. And a motivation is different from fear hmm. and from a fear of being discriminated against. It's simply, this is out of my hands, um, which can be a problem very separate from being transgender. So my question is, um, do they use any substances that may affect initiation and motivation? Not to my knowledge. It, I, I doubt it, but I don't know. Um, she has moved in with, or she's been living with her father for the last couple of years and I really haven't seen her. So I, she could have changed, but I, I somehow doubt it. Did she use them before? No. Her father's supporting her? Uh, yes. So there is no impetus. Right. And how about university? Oh, uh, she's saying she doesn't want to now and that she'd rather go to a trade school. Okay, that's fine. And is there impetus to go there? I mean, she's a senior in high school. I know, so, but things start. We have I know. internships. Well, yes, and you know, you know, you know uh, I, as far as I know, there hasn't been action taken. But again, I'm out of the loop. Um, you know, I sent no, her a letter. No. I gotta tell you right now, you don't feel like a busybody. You don't feel like an invasive mother. You feel like someone who's concerned, who sees no movement. And from my point of view, this has to do with money 
and left side, you said left hip has yes. to do with a female, huh. which is interesting because she's transgender. She's it female. is it is interesting. So right, so this has nothing to do with somebody's gender. This has to do with money. So huh. it's not about transgender. This is an issue that's not uncommon with people who are that age. I hate to tell you this. When someone's transgender, not every problem is about being transgender. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you understand? How novel. Yeah. It's just like everybody wants to blame everything on COVID. The majority of people who call me for readings, though it's the time of COVID, their problems pre-existed COVID. And so even though transgender is a big deal, a huge deal, um, it's not the cause of everything, nor should it be, because um, that would be minimizing or blaming something for that many people consider um if cis and trans is part of what many people consider a normal variation of human existence then though it's difficult to fit into society on earth we can't blame all of our problems on it do you understand totally. I, I, because Stevie Wonder has problems and they're not because he's blind. Right. Helen Keller had problems and it wasn't just because she was blind and deaf. Right. We have to gain perspective on we can't always say um, it's because of that thing if we want to normalize it. Right. And we want society to see it as part of the spectrum of human condition, albeit being discriminated against and be difficult to fit in in human condition. All I'm saying is, if we want to try to normalize it and say it's part cis-trans, is part of the normal spectrum of human existence, we can't blame all of our problems on it. But I didn't know who this person was. I knew you were worried about what they did with money and finances. That's a very common problem with a parent with a kid who's 18. You're anxious, pulls muscles, the lower back, and put pressure on the iliopsoas muscle. Puriformis mm -hmm. muscle compensates, clamps down on the sciatic plexus, and can be very painful. You lean forward and um, you put pressure on the iliotibial band. Make sure you go to a neurologist. Make sure you don't have a disc out. And then go to a neuromuscular therapist if you're cleared to, for immune body rolling to help you with that. But your anxiety, epinephrine, makes muscles shorter. It makes you steep over with the burden and clamp down Muscles clamp down on nerves and can be extremely painful. I wish you good luck. Thank you so much for welcoming your day. This is Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa. I want to thank you for welcoming me. You've been listening to me. Have a great day. Be well. Do right. Live brilliantly. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. 
and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.